What's up guys? Welcome back to the Music Corner Riffs to 808s. I'm Nate and today is the first month, complete month of my album a day challenge where I'm going to go over all the albums I had listened to in the month of January. So to keep you all up to speed here, I've mentioned this a couple times on the podcast, um, very briefly though, that I would be doing this challenge, the album a day challenge, where every single day you listen to one new album that you've never heard of before, or you've heard of and maybe not had gotten around to, you know, just a way of like listening to things that you, you know, never got around to listen to basically and um the only restrictions that at least i put on myself was that uh it wouldn't be the same genre really every single day uh, or two days in a row i would have to like you know mix it up in some way or another so like i'm not going to be listening to like two metal albums and like two days back to back you know what i mean uh so there's that and uh with only one exception for this month i'm not really going to be listening to the same artists too uh but we'll get to that later since there was one exception for this one but it'll make sense once i get to it um but yeah that's the challenge that i did and i'm going to be doing that for every single month this year and i'll get back to you guys on uh What's good, what sucked, what was okay, what's something that you shouldn't listen to, you know? So let's do it. Let's get right into it here. And the first one that I did this year, on January 1st, we did Mad Villain's Mad Villainy album. The only one that I know of that was released by them. Could be totally wrong about that, but the reason I listened to that one was because MF Doom unfortunately passed away uh, sometime last year. I believe it was October, but wasn't announced until uh, December. And uh, I had never listened to uh, MF Doom. I was never like, you know, I, like I said, I had never gotten around to it. So, you know, I figured what the hell, since he passed away, I might as well listen to something of his, you know. And what better way than to like listen to like what was one of his most, you know, biggest projects that he worked on so i was like yeah let's, let's give it a listen okay I, there's actually mad villainy too i see here the mad lib remix is what's available on uh spotify here but anyway mad villainy that's what i listened to uh really enjoyed the album i loved the whole like you know i i love that whole lo-fi ish kind of like chill beats you know that happened in the background with just like this like you know lower voiced you know rapping tones like all over it it's just mm, it's so good it's so fun and that's why like i think i enjoy you know freddie gibbs and uh even west side guns uh pray for paris album both both of those like very obviously influenced by mad villain maybe even mf doom i still have to look more into his discography but based on what i listened to on mad villainy it's definitely something that like they totally took influence with and it's something about that style too it's just very you know it's soothing to me like even if it's just like you know <laughs> they're rapping about something that's like whether it's dark or like aggressive even because i think sometimes that categorizes as it's categorized as a hardcore hip-hop so mainly in the lyrics i would say in this case because this is not anywhere near as aggressive as like you know <laughs> some of the heavy like it's not a three six mafia here it's literally just like pretty chill rap you know what i mean so there's that and uh 
Yeah, so there's like really not any bad song that I recognized or recalled. I mean, I loved, you know, uh, how am I saying this? Accordion. I got like Meat Grinder, Money Folder, Shadows of Tomorrow. Uh, of course, there was the one that like everybody knows by him from that album, but the name is escaping me at the moment. I'm trying to like, I might have already said it actually. Uh, All Caps. That was it. All Caps is like the biggest one on this album here but yeah uh overall gave the album an 8 out of 10 super solid uh and i highly suggest everyone to listen to that if they're just looking for something in the rap realm to get around to and uh already here i see i made a cheatsy doodle because uh we have another rap album but to be fair i didn't set these rules up until like i don't know midway into the year even or at least like after i did this one because i don't think there's another one where I did two of the same genres. Like, look at me already breaking the rules here. But <laughs> anyway, uh, the next one's Travis Scott's Rodeo. Rodeo by Travis Scott. That was an awesome album. That one i very impressed with considering that I don't really care for sicko mode at all. I, I you know, I, I would give it another listen. But, like, the first time I listened to that one, I just wasn't all that impressed. I mean, it didn't, other than, you know the title track and like maybe uh highest in the room that was kind of it for me i don't really recall anything else being all that but rodeo on the other hand oh my god i almost like the entire album i think with a couple exceptions that i uh can't even name at the top of my head but like yeah like on my disc side 3500 antidote of course i didn't realize that travis scott made antidote until i got to this point i was like oh shit that's him because that song was huge especially like on vine if i recall correctly that was like (laughs) you would hear that quite often um but yeah excellent album great features you got the weekend on pray for love uh you got juicy j future and two chains were on 3500 you got quavo on uh oh my on oh my dis side sorry if i said that wrong the first time so yeah overall eight and a half out of ten excellent album uh as of right now still need to listen to more of his stuff but best album of his in my humble opinion uh but now we're gonna get into one i did not like at all and in fact it was actually my lowest rated album this month and that is a uh, heavy heavy low lows everything's watched everyone's watching yeah um i know this band uh like what their sound is and everything so like going into it i wasn't going to be surprised it's basically the whole like my cat just sneezed right next to me oh nice lovely <laughs> fucking sneezing ass cat over here Ugh. all right um excuse me anyway heavy heavy low low their sound is basically like i'm not I, it, mathcore if it was like just screaming and like you know maybe a little bit of screamo even you can call it that i don't even know what you would call it but like basically the whole album sounded the same it was like one of those all the songs sound the same and they're like not that good because i like that genre i like that style i mean bands i can name from the top of my head like see you next tuesday and uh the number 12 looks like you both those bands at least the albums i listened to by them are awesome but this one was just not impressive at all i liked a couple songs like malnutrition and uh are you okay kiddo which if you can't tell by those title uh, those tracks there it's 
very obvious, like, one of those <laughs> emo bands where they just have, like, the whole, like, either something that sounds completely emo or just, like, a movie quote, because that was, like, a big thing with those kinds of bands where they'll just have, like, a whole song and the title is a movie quote that has nothing to do with the actual song. It was It's, it's weird, but I actually like that style. But, yeah, this album, 5 out of 10, didn't do anything for me at all. Was very unimpressed with it. Um... And like I said, lowest album rating this month. But it's saying something, actually, because um, it, well, whichever way you look at it, because there weren't a lot of low albums and, like, you know, everything else sounded super solid in general. So if it's just one bad batch, so be it. But yeah, do not recommend that one, unfortunately. Uh, but if you're interested, take a look at You might, you know, you might even be surprised yourself. Uh, next, on the 4th, I listened to Camila Cabello's, uh, Camilla album. That one was good. Um, I remember the first few tracks were bangers. I mean, Never Be the Same, All These Years, She Loves Control, and of course Havana, everybody knows. Uh, awesome. Don't have any, uh, any complaints about those. It wasn't until after Havana, I think, that it started to get a little bit down, you know, a little less interesting, because, like, there's so many, there's, like, three softer songs that, like, you know, kind of ruined the mood for me, and I really just wasn't vibing, you know, it's just kind of like, eh, alright, I mean slower tunes and i don't mind slower songs but like with how it was pacing at first it's just like all right you can throw in one slow song you don't need the entire next few songs to be like that but even after that though in the dark and into you were also bangers as well so yeah and i'm pretty sure this was her debut album as well so it's like she had a lot to like you know i mean she started off strong even with that i mean havana was huge that was like the biggest song for the time uh so for debut album i'd still think it's solid uh ended up giving it a seven and a half out of ten and we'll probably get around to listening to romance by her too uh eventually at least maybe not next month but who knows uh but yeah the next one here i have is uh suicide boys's i want to die in new orleans it's suicide boys i mean it's super tight i love their rap style like it's it's literally that three six mafia style except made for like <laughs> emo kids pretty much um yeah there's really no complaints that i had about this album just like kind of like flying through it i mean king tulip bring out your dead Ten Thousand degrees wartime all the time uh fuck the industry carlton such good songs if you know suicide boys you know what to expect on this album i mean they're not like doing anything that's crazy but they're still making good music i'd say so eight and a half out of ten for that one absolute banger uh the next one the acacia strain uh the dead walk that was like my first actual like deathcore album i guess you could say that i had on here there's a few deathcore ones i had on here but there were some really good ones that we'll get into but this is the first one it was it's the Acacia Strain. I mean, there's no complaints. There's nothing bad about the album at all. There's nothing, like, unimpressive about it either. I mean, it's just... Once again, with Suicide Boys, if you've listened to Acacia Strain, you know what to expect from them. Especially their older material that was, like, a lot of chuggies, you know? Um, but, you know, 4x4, four four, as if... 
as if set a fire, uh, whoa, shut it down, demolisher. Great songs. I I enjoyed the album. Eight out of ten. Not too much else to say about it, but still, not a bad album. Mm. Next year, this one, very impressed with Demi Lovato's Confident. Holy shit, that one blew me away with how good it was. So the only album I had listened to by her was uh, Sorry Not Sorry, which was a good album. And um, it's not one I would like necessarily always return to, but there's a couple songs in there, like the title track and uh, Daddy Issues, that were... They're bangers. They're bangers. But Confident? Holy shit, dude. So many songs were amazing. I, I didn't realize that she made Cool for the Summer, so listening to that, I was like, I could only think of that uh, that one vine from uh, Danny. Uh, I forgot his last name at the moment here, but like, I mean... You know, if you know the song and you know him, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about, Vine-wise. Uh, so that one was awesome. Old Ways, love that one. But the best one that like I was just like, holy shit, this is Demi, was Kingdom Come, featuring uh, Iggy Azalea, which, by the way, where the fuck is she? <laughs> you know, she dropped off the face of the earth. But Kingdom Come has the best, like... Oh my god, I, it's the best beats, like, in general, and it's just fair. It, it's what I would consider, like, a breakdown in pop. Just, like, how it's played out is just incredible, and it just makes, it's like, it gets you moving, you know what I mean? Uh, but other good ones on here, For You, Stone Cold, Waiting For You, and uh, Lionheart. Great songs. Great album. Eight and a half out of ten. Absolutely loved it. Uh, next one here, Jason Derulo. And his uh, Jason Derulo album, his the the title track, I guess, or the the self title, whatever you want to call it. Um, it was his debut album though, and uh, yeah, I, I that was the, that day. I just thought, you know, what the hell? Let's just find like the most the most out of place album for me that I could listen to. Because I mean, you would never catch me listening to Jason Derulo like willingly. But I gave it a shot. I was like, you know what? What the hell? Let's see what this got. And I... The first three songs, which you say, Ride in Solo, and In My Head, were like the radio hits of the early 2010s. I mean, you couldn't go, you know, five minutes without turning the radio on to at least one of those songs. At least it felt like. And um, that was, of course, like what made him popular with those three singles and then the other two i liked on the album were the sky's the limit and encore everything else was just like you know eh. either too slow or just like it's it's very obvious why he didn't try to get this on the radio because it just wouldn't have worked it wasn't you know it wasn't all that interesting but it was still a decent album and because of those three singles were so huge and so like you know that that defined him kind of thing that's what made the album at least decent uh especially with how short it is it's a pretty short album if i recall i think it was only like nine songs but yes i gave it a seven and a half out of ten just because if it weren't for those three singles though it definitely would have been lower those three singles saved the album by far excuse me uh next year got another death core one that they're not death core they're kind of like death metal-ish kind of thing uh god forbid they're like a early 2000s kind of band like that uh and their album gone forever Uh, uh, all i gotta say i mean i didn't hate it 
wasn't the worst thing ever. All the songs just sounded the same, and not necessarily in a good way, but also not really in a bad way. It was just, you know, it is what it is, you know? It just, you know, not too much to say about it. I gave it a 7 out of 10. Uh, the only two songs I really liked were Antihero and uh, Force Fed. Yeah, you know, that's all I really got to say about it. Nothing too impressive, but hey, maybe... Maybe if you're a death metal fan, you'll appreciate it more. Especially if you're like an OG, like early 2000s fan of that style and sound. And even production too. Uh, you might find enjoyment in it. But me in this case, not so much. Uh, next though, The Weeknd, Kissland. That's... Hmm. It's just amazing how you get like this guy the weekend who comes out with this very 80s influenced album in 2020 after hours and like you dive deeper into his discography and see like you know kind of where he started out to totally different vibes you know i mean he's singing about the same stuff you can that's obvious i mean it's the cocaine stripper uh era of the weekend here but it's just eh, the jump is impressive. I mean, like, he he did quite a jump, I'd say. Uh, in, in a good way, of course. I still like this album, though. I know it sounds like I might be saying that this album wasn't as good, but it was actually pretty... It was pretty damn good. Uh, songs I enjoyed. I think I really enjoyed uh, Love in the Sky and Belong to the World the most, as well as Lund Wonderlust. I remember now, Wonderlust was a really good track, especially uh, with the beats that he had there. Um... But, yeah, it was still a good album, and I'd still recommend everyone listen to that, especially with how far he's come now. And, like, just, like, the comparisons is pretty interesting to me, at least. Um, so, yeah, 8 out of 10, Kissland is, is it's definitely a good album. Definitely give it a listen. Uh, unfortunately here, though, the next one was a little bit of an upset. Uh, Dua Lipa's debut album, Dua Lipa. Not that good. Honestly, her Future Nostalgia is... That style is perfect for her. And I'm surprised she didn't even... I, well, I get why she started the way she did. Because I feel like every artist like that has to start somewhere to at least get themselves on the map. You know? Kind of like... Not, not copy off anybody. But basically, like, use influences from other artists. Kind of sound generic just to get on the radio a little bit. And then do your thing on the second album. Do what you want to do. And Future Nostalgia is exactly what she needed to do. Because if I had listened to Dua Lipa on this first album, I would not have been... Uh, I wouldn't have been, like, as stoked to hear Future Nostalgia. Because, man, it is so boring and so uninteresting for a good portion of the album i only like three songs blow your mind new rules and uh begging which new rules i oh, i i know i'm gonna say this a lot because all the uh albums i actually got around to listening to but didn't realize that was dua lipa <laughs> i was like oh okay this i know this song perfectly well this was always played on the radio at some point but yeah, it was just a very uninteresting album. There was a lot of, like, Christian themes to it, too, I thought, at least in the beginning half, that I was just not, like... Like, nothing, not bashing Christians or anything here, but it was just... It was weird. I was just like, this does not seem like 
this should be her style, period. Like, I don't think it suits her. Her whole fun 70s, 80s disco sound with, like, funk and shit thrown in there is her strong suit. But, yeah, 6 out of 10. This was, like, another low album for me. Um, but, hey, you gotta, you gotta start somewhere, you know? That's a big thing for... And I'm glad, I'm glad that she changed her sound to something so much better than what it originally was so good on her still uh next one here we have tame impala tame impala's currents um yeah i tame impala is a weird one for me because it's like i enjoy his music and if it was just on the radio or like you know in a car with friends and it came on that's totally cool and everything but I don't know if I can just genuinely sit through an entire album of his and, like, nothing else. Because for some reason, while I love that style of his that he does, it the way he executes it sometimes just comes off a little bit boring, at least to me. But, I mean, even that, it's still, like... It's chill. It's a vibe, you know? We're relaxing here. We're not trying to, like... We're, we're, we're lightly dancing. We're moving and grooving. Um, but, uh, yeah, some songs I enjoyed on here were uh, The Moment, Yes, I'm Changing, uh, the big, his biggest hit, The Less I Know, The Better, and Because uh, I'm a Man. Both of those were, were... All of those were pretty solid, you know? Overall, I gave it a 7.5 out of 10 just because, like, you know, I'm not trying to bash him in any way or the music he makes i mean he genuinely makes good music but it just sometimes comes off as a little snoozy for me you know a little bit of a kind of thing (laughs) um so yeah still recommend checking that album out though especially with uh the less you know the better being a part of that one oh my goodness i need some water here (laughs) i'm not used to talking so much by myself with sebastian or trent uh not being here but we're all good we're living all right so next year job for a cowboy genesis believe that this is their first actual full-length album uh not including doom the ep which was their only deathcore release this one is still i feel somewhat deathcore influenced but this is where they were also trying to transition into a more death metal band and i know to like the non-metal viewers this is just not going to make any sense but like if you know, you know, with deathcore and death metal, you know. Uh, but no, not a single bad song on this album. I mean, it's just like mid two thousands death metal as you can get with a band that was influenced by deathcore. Uh, some songs I really enjoyed were "Reduced to Mere Filth," altered from "Catization," "Catization," okay, uh, and "Embedded," as well as uh, "Strings of Hypocrisy." Great songs. 8 out of 10 album. Definitely recommend it. Uh, next here, Ghost Mane. Ooga Booga. Ooga Booga is Ghost Mane's debut album. Uh, don't recall when it came out here, although I will look real quick to see when that album came It was like early 2010s, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, oh, no, it was mid. I'm sorry. It was 2015. 2015 was his debut album. Um... Yeah, I thought it was actually much uh, much farther. But that makes sense because that was, like, sort of the rise of these, like, kind of rappers. I feel like the whole, like, when it got a little darker and everything and, like, somewhat more metal-influenced. But Ooga Booga is an interesting case here because it's, like, you can – you're seeing a baby ghost main here and, like, what he's doing to start off. And it's just – 
it's not too far from what he's doing now. In fact, actually now is like some of his better shit, but you can tell that like he was still metal influenced even back then because there were a couple tracks here. Um, oh God, I don't remember exactly which ones they were, but I remember two tracks specifically. Uh, one of them had a corn sample from, uh, oh my God, uh, Freak on a Leash, if I'm not mistaken. It was either Freak on a Leash or uh, Falling Away From Me. And uh, another one had a Cold Chamber sample from the song Loco. Both of those are new metal songs and bands. Um, so you can tell that like, he was still metal influenced even back then. Like, you know, he was actually trying to incorporate that into his music. But uh, yeah, favorite songs on here, the title track, Ooga Booga, was just... It was it was so different because you feel like you're kind of like in the forest here, right? Like it's late at night, you're in the forest and all, and like there's something just like stalking you, and like that's the kind of like the the vibes and like with the beat going in there. That's like what you're getting from this, especially when you look at the album cover too. At least for me, it's just got like that eeriness and that creepiness to it, but it's like a funny creepiness, you know? Like it's not like a huh, it's like a ooh, you know? <laughs> so. Yeah, then there was, like, it's just kind of weird still, too, about um, a couple of the tracks here that just, like, I'm glad he didn't pursue that at all because it just wouldn't have worked with his music. So, and I can't name really anything specific, but it was just, like, in the moment when I listened to it, I was just like, eh, you know, glad he's doing what he's doing now. You know what I mean? So, 7.5 out of 10 for that album. Definitely check it out just to see like where he started out. It's very interesting, and I love the evolution of his music, for sure. Oh, man. Next one here. Uh, LMFAO. LMFAO, sorry for party rocking. This is the only album here that I actually needed a separate tab open because of uh, a specific song. I mean, if you're not familiar with LMFAO, you didn't live in... The early 2010s period you didn't go to any of the middle school dances you didn't listen to the radio and you weren't even on youtube if you don't know lmfao because they were the thing that everybody talked about you literally have sorry for party rockin party rock anthem and sexy and i know it being not only the first songs on the album but, and this is similar to Jason Derulo being like the three biggest songs from the artist and the three big singles from this album that like, you know, got it out there. And uh, of course those three songs are bangers. I mean, of course I'm not going to like diss those ones. Those are like, those are the iconic pop tunes. Those are the iconic dance pop tunes right there for our generation at least. And I have no complaints about that at all. But uh, the rest of the album here was just kind of uh, iffy a lot of the times. Uh, the, a couple ones I did like, though. I liked uh, With You and uh, Best Night, which featured uh, Will I Am, because of course it did. LMFAO and Will I Am in the same album. What is this, a crossover episode? Um, but the biggest thing on here, uh, other than like the, some of the songs just not being all that interesting, um was the song Take It to the Hole. And, th like, I, I, my jaw dropped to this, but, like, I'm listening to the song Take It to the Hole, which features, uh, uh, I believe it's Busta Rhymes. I believe he's the feature on this one. Good feature, too, right? 
So I'm going to read you these lyrics here, and you're going to see why uh, I'm very what the fuck about this. So he says, not uh, not uh, Busta Rhymes, whoever, uh, what's his face is? The one with the afro. I don't know his fucking name at the moment. Whatever. He says, uh, you see that girl over there? She big chested. Let's start my motorboat face nested. When I do that, she screams all festive. When you do that, she screams, I'm molested. I was in awe. I was shocked. My jaw actually dropped when I was listening to this in the car. Because I was like, did he just say what I think he said? (laughs) I was like, dude, I get this is 2011, but like you couldn't catch any artist in that realm or on the radio in general with those lyrics at least the molested part that would be left out completely but i'm just like wow no wonder this wasn't on the radio i mean shit like it just blew me away because i for one thing i had never heard anything like this ever in a song and i've listened to rap music and like you know what they rap about and shit. But I never, I mean, I could totally have, like, missed something out lyric-wise, you know? But, like, this was the one that stuck out to me the most. Where I was just like, what the fuck? Did he just say, did he actually just say that? (laughs) I was stunned. I was absolutely stunned. It was, it was crazy. But, yeah, that was just the biggest point I wanted to make in this whole uh, episode, even. Just about this album. Just interesting lyrics. Very interesting lyrics there. <laughs> interesting choice. Um, but yeah, overall, 7 out of 10. While the bangers were bangers, it was still, like, you know, it didn't hold up. And you could totally tell that they were only profiting off those three singles. And I guess somewhat Champagne Showers, which I know was a somewhat of a hit. But I never even heard it on the radio. So, if that tells you anything. But, uh, yeah. I got more here to go. We're actually at the halfway point, believe it or not. But before I continue, let's have a word from our sponsor. And we are back. Let's get right back into it here. Paramore and their self-titled album. Wow. I enjoyed it. I know that I feel like the typical Paramore fan would say that, like, you know, Riot or uh, even Brand New Eyes is, like, the best era of Paramore. When they were actually just straight-up pop-punk, you know, the emo pop-punk phase. And I totally get it. I mean, Brand New Eyes is still my favorite Paramore album. Although I do feel like Riot is overrated, if I'm being totally honest. Just because that, like, yes, it has misery business. But, like, even after that, there's just, like, you know... There's nothing to be all that hyped about. I think it's genuinely... Oh my god, excuse me. I think it's genuinely overhyped, but I do see the appeal still, right? So, it is what it is with that. But I th- I personally think that Paramore's self-titled album is their second best album. I loved more songs on this one than I do with almost any other album, except for uh, Brand New Eyes, obviously. But yeah, like I forgot that Ain't It Fun was actually a song by them too, and I was like, oh! Oh, all right, all right, I see you. I mean, shit, like that, that's a great song. That was a big song, too, on the radio. And, um, yeah, like, even with that, like, there was not, oh, no, not, well, Ain't It Fun and uh, Still Into You, those were, like, the big ones. I don't remember which one was on the radio more, or if they both were, but 
those two like were like their bigger ones there. Uh, but other than that, like yeah, like daydreaming, grow up, uh, last hope, you know, great songs. Be alone, future. There's really no bad songs on this album, and shit. I mean, it's Paramore. They don't really put out bad music. There's not a bad Paramore album. You cannot tell me that there is a bad one because I've listened to them all now, and uh, yeah, that's. This is by far their second best song, in my opinion. For me, I can rank it as from best to worst. Actually, we'll do we'll do that later because spoiler alert: this is the only album or the only band where I listen to uh, two albums of theirs. But we'll get to that very briefly here. So I'll put my ranking about Paramore later on here. But eight out of ten for this album, such a banger, such a fun album. Absolutely loved it. Uh, next here, we have Thundercat, It Is What It Is. This was an album that, uh, unfortunately, we didn't get around to last year, um, but it's, I mean, I think that's okay, though. It's not a bad album at all, and, like, I greatly enjoyed this album, but, like, there's the, it was just because of, like, a few songs on here that were, like, ooh, ooh, kind of thing, you know? Um, but... I, I still think everybody should listen to this album because it is very, it's very chill. It's very vibey. It's very fun. Um, I can tell you Black Quails has a great like feature list on there. One of them being Childish Gambino. Uh, Dragon Ball Do-Rag is of course the shit. I mean, if that's, that's like the biggest song off the album, but oh my God, every time that song comes on, like it's always suggested to me on YouTube. Oh my God. It's, it's so fun. It's a great time. Uh, other good ones I liked Overseas, Funny Thing, Fair Chance, which featured Ty Dolla Sign and Lil, ba- Lil B, and uh, Miguel's Happy Dance. Yeah. Good album, 7.5 out of 10. Uh, yeah, definitely recommend that one. But uh, next year, like I said, this would have been briefly, I was briefly going to come back to it, but uh, Paramore's All We Know Is Falling. Uh, yeah, that's a. Once again, great album. Really liked it. Um, definitely way more emo-y, pop-punk, even than, uh, more so than uh, Riot, I would say. Just because of, like, not only being, like, their debut album, but, like, you could just tell even, like, the lyrical content is just, like, you know, still in that same realm. Actually, no, the one thing, here's the one thing that, like, you know it's, like, way more emo. My Heart, the final track, literally has screams, and I've never heard screams in a Paramore song until that time. And I was like, oh, okay, we're... (laughs) This is where we are, I guess, with this one. So, and it was a good album. I mean, you got, what, the title track? Well, so what, the title track? All We Know, you got Pressure, Emergency, like, you got some bangers that are back-to-back, I'd say. Uh, so yeah, 8 out of 10 for that one, and I'll tell you my ranking of Paramore now in their albums, brand new, from best to, best to, I'm not gonna say worst, because it's not fair, I'm just gonna say favorite to least favorite, there you go, brand new eyes, uh, self-titled, after laughter, all we know is falling, and, uh, riot, I know it's not the typical Paramore you know, <laughs> ranking there, but that's my, honestly, that's, that's how I feel. I genuinely like After Laughter. I feel like the typical fan does not really enjoy that album, but it's, it's good. I, I, it works for them. It still works for them, especially with, uh, her solo stuff too. Like I, it, coming off of that, like listen to her solo album after listening to After Laughter is like, all right, 
that makes sense, you know? <laughs> but I guess it just kind of depends on when you listen to them and, like, how you genuinely feel about such a shift in sound. Because After Laughter sounds nothing like Brand New Eyes or Riot or even All We Know Is Failing, or All We Know Is Falling. So, yeah, take that as you will. But anyway, oh yeah, this next one here. Beneath the Massacre's Mechanics of Dysfunction. That is by far one of the best deathcore albums I've ever listened to, period. Holy shit. Okay, not necessarily deathcore, but it's like also technical death metal. But like, no pun intended, we're getting too technical with that. You know, it doesn't matter. It's death metal, deathcore. It's metal, for Christ's sake. But holy shit, just from the start, this album doesn't slow down. It's got such a raw sound to it that is like, you know, aggressive and like, you know, once again, technical with, uh, like the guitar solos and riffs that were a part of it. Oh my God. It, I, I've been like suggesting it to some of my, metal, my metal friends, uh, this past month. And I, I can't get enough of it. Seriously. Like this one is like probably one of the, um, only few on this list that, uh, I genuinely go back to more often than not. And that's not to say that, like, all these albums aren't worth going back to. It's just the one that I found myself going back to because of, like, the sound. It's just so fucking good. Like, I I guess I... I can't even say, like, a single song. The whole album is absolutely incredible. I mean, like, it's uh, it's nothing, like, you know, groundbreaking by any means. But it's still an album that's just, like, alright, alright. Because it's also, like, a mid-2000s. I believe it was, like... 2007, 2006, maybe? I don't remember exactly at the moment here, but seriously, listen to the album if you're a metalhead. Mechanics of Dysfunction, 8.5 out of 10. Mwah. Loved it. Um, honestly, it might have been, like, my favorite album of this month, too, if I had to pick one. I mean, I listened to some really good albums, but, like, it, like especially, like, you know, Rodeo, as I mentioned, and, like, there's a couple other ones that are coming up next, too, that are really good as well but that one was just yeah that stuck to me the most by far uh next year kid cuddy man on the moon the end of day the first man on the moon album uh yeah i liked it i like this album however uh and i haven't listened to the second one yet but i still think man on the moon 3 is his best one and the best album of 2020 as we mentioned last month as well as being quite possibly my favorite rap album, period. Everything about Man on the Moon 3 is incredible. But, I mean, Man on the Moon 1, he was still, like, he still, like, had it, you know? I mean, it's, it's Kid Cudi. He makes amazing music, uh, other than Speed and Bullet, but we won't talk about that one. <laughs> um, yeah, like, I never got around to listening to Man on the Moon at all, and I'm so glad I did because there are some bangers on this one. You got Solo Dolo. You got Day and Night, which I knew that one, but, like, I didn't realize it was him kind of thing. And I'm just like, this makes sense. And I've seen, like, the memes, too, where it's just, like, you know, he writes a song about, uh, you know, his own personal struggle, <laughs> struggles and, like, uh, drinking and shit. And then it just shows, like, everyone just dancing to it because he made such a banger of a song, despite it being, like, a serious topic. But, I mean, hey, what are you going to do? You made you, <laughs> you shouldn't have made it such a banger. And, of course, you have Pursuit of Happiness, like, the big single off that album, I'd say, even, too. How can you... You can't go wrong with that album, uh, that song, even. So good. Uh, other ones I enjoyed, too. Uh, Heart of a Lion. I liked My World. 
Make Her Say featuring Kanye, uh, Sky Might Fall. So yeah, it was a good album still. Uh, I'll definitely get to Man on the Moon 2 eventually, but um, just to like see which one is the best of the three. I personally will think it's going to be three, but you never know. So yeah, Man on the Moon, end, the end of day, 8 out of 10. Next here, uh, this one was a pretty obscure one in this whole list, actually, other than Jason Derulo, but this is one that, like, nobody's gonna know. Like, nobody will know this album, so... Uh, or band, even. So, the band is Machine Girl, and the album is called Wolf Girl, but, like, spelled basically without, like, the O and the I, you know? And this is, like, an... How do I describe this album? <laughs> uh, it's an adventure. That's for damn sure. It's definitely something different. So it's like basically a lot of electronic stuff, a lot of like hyper pop influenced kind of stuff that's very, you know, somewhat bass heavy, somewhat like, you know, there's no singing on this album really at all. In fact, there's only like drums and then like the beats that they use. And it's a journey. It's quite an adventure. And the only reason I listened to this album was because I was on YouTube one day and I saw that somebody had made a video about this album saying that like this is the most raw, it's something like this is the most raw album I've ever listened to in my life kind of thing. Or like this like something like that like most brutal album or something and i was like brutal i'm like what but like when you look at the album cover already it looks brutal i mean it's like it's a picture of uh it's like a wolf that was used in like an 80s horror film kind of thing it looks like uh maybe like something off of like you know uh the Howling, or even, like, you know, An American Werewolf in London, except it's much more gruesome. It looks much more gruesome than either of those ones, at least I would say. And it's also got, like, uh, this, like, Japanese, like, lettering and everything there, too. And it's it's really badass, and it already takes you in just by looking at this album cover. But, man, the whole album is a journey. It is a fun journey of just, like, you know the craziest shit i it's an album i can't even describe it's a you have to listen to it in order to get it kind of thing and it's not for everybody i will say it's not going to be for everybody at all but despite that it's something that i feel like people should listen to and if you're not going to listen to the whole album at least listen to the song ghost which is like their biggest uh you know i guess most streamed song that one's that one's a really good one but i highly suggest listening to the entire album front to back it's extremely enjoyable. I absolutely loved it. Eight and a half out of ten. Please check it out. Yeah, that's all I gotta say. It's something else. Uh, next here, uh, I Declare War Amidst the Bloodshed. That is their debut album. And uh, yeah, I liked it. I liked it a lot. It's definitely more uh, more slam influenced i would say i don't even remember I, I think slam was still around then i'm almost positive in the mid 2000s there was definitely slam yeah what am i thinking um so it was like that mixed with like deathcore of course because duh <laughs> and it's it's good it's heavy it's a brutal album um of course some of the songs start to get a little repetitive um just because it all sounds the same it's one of those cases where like literally all the songs kind of sound the same but it's still fun it's very enjoyable 
uh, fuck your claim through the eyes of the killer and uh, whoop that trick. Some of the best songs on that album for sure. Overall, eight out of ten. Definitely recommend. Next here, Justin Timberlake, the 2020 experience, part one. Uh, never listened to this whole album, but like you know the singles off this album. I mean, you got Mirrors that was like, ugh, that song every time it comes on, like you, I get like those middle school vibes, like the good middle school vibes. It's just so fun. That one in Suit and Tie definitely like the fun ones on that album and then i also forgot about tunnel vision that song fucking rocks that is such a fun song and like the beats and everything and just like you know jt doing his thing you know i just love it like i because okay i also i should mention this too complete side note i did make a playlist that i can even add in the description of uh the one song from every album that I enjoyed the most, you know, and that was the one I had to add, you know, out of this album, just because like, it was so fun. And it was just like, it brought me back. So I was like, I only listened to this song uh, through YouTube, because it really never got radio play. But it was still a banger. And yeah, still great. Still awesome. Everything else is kind of like, um, it's very romantic you know, kind of thing here. A lot of romantics part of this album, which makes sense because that was like the whole premise of the album. And a um, little bit of slower R&B tunes, but I I thought it was good still. I gave it an 8 out of 10. Uh, definitely go back to it too. Like if you've never, uh, if you've already listened to it, like it's just a fun album to go back to for sure. Uh, let's see here. Got a few more coming up. Uh, Dorian Electra. My Agenda was the next one. Dorian Electra came out with this album last year. Another one that we missed out on, but um, I think that it's okay that we missed out on this one. And I do kind of mean this in like a not-too-impressed kind of thing, but also there were some good hits on this one too. Um, so yeah, Dorian Electra, really big in the LGBTQ community right now, especially in that music realm, uh, getting a lot of attention especially from this album and uh, the 2019 one that uh, escapes me at the moment. But this one was still good. I mean, you got like F the World, which was an awesome, awesome track, which, by the way, this album is like a mixture of like hyper pop and like metal, basically. So interesting combo, but like a little less on the metal. You know, it was just like, you know, more fun, experimental electronic stuff. Uh, Gentleman was another good one. Iron Fist. Sorry, bro. And I'll ram it down. There's also a track on here that it sounded exactly like a part of a 100 Gex song. Like, it sounded like it was straight up stolen from that. Like, just altered the slightest bit. And I was just like, whatever. You know, like, it is what it is. You're obviously very inspired by them, but, like, you know, doesn't do anything for me. But... Yeah, I still give it a 7 out of 10. It's still worth the listen, worth checking out, you know, especially if you like that style. But, yeah, yeah, take it or leave it for me. Next one here is, unfortunately, the second lowest rated album I have for this month. And that is Greta Van Fleet's Anthem of the Peaceful Army. <sighs> so... We mentioned this in the last episode that we just put out, which you can check out, which was mostly about the uh, uh, repetition of metal music, but we touched on Greta Van Fleet a little bit here because Trent and I had talked about it earlier that day. 
you know, Greta Van Fleet is a band that I I mentioned this in the last episode. I respect them. I like what they do, but I can't get behind their music just because it just sounds both too repetitive to me and it sounds so much like classic rock being placed in the modern era. And I don't like bands who do that just because it's like, all right, yeah, you have the formula here and we already have the classics. I mean, that's why they're called classic rock, you know? I mean, they've shaped an entire genre of music. So, like, if you're not going to add anything to that, you know, just it's just not going to do anything for me. If they had done some, like, fun electronic-y stuff thrown in there, just just for the sake of the argument, you know, then maybe I would have been a little bit more impressed. But literally, Anthem of the Peaceful Army just sounds like it would be a Led Zeppelin cover band. And I hate to be the guy that says that, but it's true. It's very true. That whole band could be a Led Zeppelin cover band. Maybe they even were when they started. Um, so it's just, it's not going to do anything for me at all. And, like, my friends, like, you know, kind of push it on me, like, oh, just give it a chance, you know, listen to the album, why not, just give it a shot. And I did. And I still feel the same about it, you know? I haven't even listened to the album prior, and I still felt the same as I do now. I will say, though, on a very positive note, that the first song, Age of Man, on the album, which is, like, one of the longer ones, too, that one I loved. But only because it sounds nothing like the rest of the album. That is the oddball out to start the album. And if they had kept it similar to that for a good chunk of it, while throwing in, like, whatever Led Zeppelin-esque stuff, you want to throw in there, I would probably have a completely different opinion. But, unfortunately, I don't. Unfortunately, I still feel the same about it. And I can only wish them the best, you know? I respect what they do. I'm glad that they're bringing rock into a more limelight, especially into the mainstream. But that's, yeah, five and a half out of ten for me. That's just all I got, you know what I mean? But anyway, moving on here. Uh, Fit for an Autopsy, The Process of Human Extermination, another Deathcore album here. Uh, great album. Really enjoyed this one. Uh, it's one of those albums, we also mentioned this in the last episode, where all the tracks begin with the. It's like one of those situation, situations, but I don't mind it. I mean, you know, it's 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 probably telling some sort of story or something, you know? Even the album starts with the, so it's just like, it's the the. It's the the man. Um, yeah, so some songs I liked in here. The Wolf, The Colonist, The Juggernaut, The False Prophet. Great tracks. Not a bad song on the album. It's just, you know, your standard deathcore here. Not getting anything too wild and crazy, but yeah, it's still good. Still recommend it. 8 out of 10. Uh, moving on here, Blackpink and their album called The Album. So Blackpink... If I'm not mistaken, is a are they like Korean pop kind of thing? Korean pop maybe? Hold on, doing a quick search because I've only heard of this group briefly because when I, I I watched some people's um album reviews for like or I'm sorry not album reviews uh album of the years just to see like you know if there's something that I even missed or us on the music corner missed and uh, and this was one of them. Uh, the album, and they are a K-pop band. They're a South Korean K-pop band, just for clarification. And they're good. They are really good. I give those girls all the credit in the world because they actually make 
the genre like interesting and not like you know the same typical k-pop boy bandy kind of thing this is also their uh their debut album but in wait what japanese albums and korean albums that is so strange okay i guess it's not their debut album but like they have a japanese debut album and a korean debut album and i guess that's just a thing that they do over there that i didn't know about that's kind of cool didn't know about that interesting but uh yeah this album smacked uh ice cream with selena gomez was absolutely fucking amazing as well as pretty savage bet you wanna which featured cardi b and i don't care about cardi b but her feature actually was like pretty fitting i'd say i liked it um as well as uh crazy over you and love to hate me great tracks great album too uh i gave it an eight and a half out of ten and i'm definitely gonna look into them more as well as keep an eye out for them uh whether it's on tour or a new album coming out for sure Alright, so next here we got Bones, the rapper Bones, and his album Unrendered. Oh yeah. Very similar to Suicide Boys in terms of that style. Uh, with like the whole like you're obviously influenced by metal and all, but like, you know, you're just keeping it like dark rap trap kind of thing. Uh his main he's actually one of his uh most streamed songs, Control Alt Delete, is actually a part of this album, and that song is awesome. Uh, some other good songs on here, Case Sensitive, Sunny Day, Connecting to Server, um, Missing Project Files. If it wasn't obvious already here, you're, we're basically, for the majority of the album, just using, like, you know, <laughs> computer phrases. But I still thought it was amazing. If you like that style, it's going to be an album for you. Definitely check it out. Eight and a half out of ten. Gotta love it. All right, now we're on to the final three here. Final three. Starting off with Before Their Eyes, uh, their debut album, which is self-titled. Uh, Before Their Eyes was one of those uh, early 2010s kind of like emo metalcore band off Rise Records, which is the same record label that has Of Mice and Men, or previously had Of Mice and Men, because I'm pretty sure they just switched labels like just this year. And uh, actually has Dance Game and Dance on there too, so... That tells you anything. <laughs> uh, but no, this album was good. I actually really enjoyed this album, especially with it being, like, the whole, like, you know, emo metalcore stuff with, like, with one of the songs, I forget which one it was, but, like, it had, like, a hard rock, like, guitar riff in there that I was just like, huh, interesting touch. But, yeah, if you know the style, you know what it's going to sound like. It's pff, it's kind of cookie cutter in that genre, but, like, it's good, you know? It's... It's definitely good. Some good songs on here include uh, Why Six is Afraid of Seven, The Nighttime is Our Time, and uh, Shotguns Speak Louder Than Words, I'd say. Really good songs. 8 out of 10. Uh, next here, Anderson Pack, Balibu. Uh, never never dove deep into Anderson Pack's music at all. And, uh, you know, I, I kind of to you know and like um my one friend suggested that to me and i was just like all right sure let's listen to malibu let's see what see what we got here because I, I asked her and like i said like which album should i listen to first and she's like do malibu first i'm like all right bet and uh yeah it's good it was a good one uh there's definitely some songs that like were a little bit you know either too slow or just didn't do anything for me period per usual but 
some ones that I like really stuck out to me were uh, Am I Wrong, Room in Here, Come Down, and uh, Parking Lot. Those ones I really enjoyed the most, uh, as well as a few other ones too. But yeah, it was it wasn't bad. It was a decent album, seven and a half out of ten. Really, all I gotta say about that. Uh, and finally, we are now on our final album. Uh, the last one I listened to this month in January, Mayday Parade, self-titled Mayday Parade. Uh, I got quite a bit of friends that actually like Mayday Parade, especially my girlfriend. Really enjoys that band, loves them a lot. Never really got behind them just because I thought it was like another typical pop-punk band. And I still kind of feel the same about that, even listening to this album. This being my first album I ever listened to by them. As well as some of the first music I've ever listened to by them, period. So this was basically my introduction to the band. And, I mean... It's not that they're a bad band by any means. It's just everything sounds the same, you know? I mean, like, the good portion of the album, I you couldn't I couldn't tell you when, like, you know, what one song was, like, in terms of, like, the title of it, because it all sounds the same. But there were a couple that stuck out to me the most. Um, one of them being Everything's an Illusion. That one really enjoyed, and that was one of the ones that was, like, you know, a little bit different than the rest of the album. A little bit more upbeat, even, I'd say, too, at least for me. Especially when, like, that one, like, when the chorus kind of kicked in and like you're like okay oh yeah here we go like it was just very exhilarating for me at least and then the other one was uh i'd rather make mistakes than nothing at all thought that was a really solid track too but uh, other than that i mean it's it's pop punk you know it's pop punk you're not missing out too much but if you're a mayday parade fan i mean you're gonna love the music especially if you love pop punk religiously too but, uh, yeah, overall, I give that a 6 out of 10. Didn't really end the month off too too promisingly, but, I mean, hey, we've got an entire year of doing this whole thing. But, uh, yeah, that is going to conclude January's uh, album a day reviews here. This kind of, like, makes up for uh, not having an album review, too, for the month of January. And the only reason we didn't was just because I personally wanted to wait until more albums came out. That way we were able to, like, you know, not have to rely on, an, uh, like, the day of we were going to record or the day after, just in case, like, you know, myself or the boys couldn't get around to, like, listening to an album. It would just be easier to just, like, let them pile up so that way they're already on Spotify or wherever you may listen to music on just so it's already on there then we could just easily like you know get them on all the way through but we will be having this friday uh february 5th or so we will be recording then uh our first album review of 2021 got some good ones in there i'm not going to spoil anything but we do have a couple in there that i can recall that are very well-known bands so Keep an eye out for that one, as well as uh, next month's album a day review with me. Once we get to, once we get to the twenty eighth, that'll be another thing that I record. But uh, yeah, that's gonna conclude today's episode. I hope you guys enjoyed. Hope you guys listen to some of these albums too that I've mentioned. Actually, just yeah, if you if you check them all out, awesome. You know, you might you never know. You never know what you might uh, encounter. You never know what you might listen to and enjoy. You also might not know what you hate. So, yeah. Hope you guys enjoyed. Uh, yeah. This has been the Music Corner of 808. I didn't have anything else to say. And we are signing off.